0: Father in heaven, thank you for bringing us back into this place, and even though we're not all back yet, we feel the the presence and the, the fellowship of all the believers in our hearts, and we gladly gather ourselves and bow down low in our hearts before you to worship you and to give you praise. Praise you, Father for the atoning shed blood of Jesus Christ, our savior. Thank you that it is by grace and through faith in Christ by those alone that we are saved. We pray that today may be a day of salvation for people hearing all over the planet, wherever the name of Jesus is lifted up and people hear. Save sinners, we pray, and help us now to grow as we look at your word together. We're praying in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now you may be seated. Thanks for standing through that whole part of the service. Uh, We are going to sing another song after the sermon this week. We haven't been doing that. We're going to sing another song, and in the middle of that song, Pastor Stan's going to lead us all in taking communion together. My counsel to you, you got a little cup on the way in, try to peel the upper little thin layer off, like pre-peel, so when it's time for communion, you're not like, I can't get this thing to work because they always give me trouble. All right? Now you're not going to hear the first part of the sermon because you're going to be wrestling with plastic title of this sermon is Allelon or to put it in English, One Another. We started this last Sunday, it's going to be today and Lord willing next Sunday as well, three weeks on some of the 47 one another's of the New Testament. There are actually a hundred one another's, 47 of them them direct believers in how we are to relate to, how we are to care for, how we are to treat one another doing this because we are coming back together in the building coming back into proximity with one another so it's a good time to focus on the one another's so i noted for you that there are different ways i've categorized the one another's and here's the first category and i'll put it up for you some of the one another's simply tell us to love one another A whole bunch of them, about a third of the 47, just say, hey, y'all believers, love one another. Should I say it 47 times so you get it? Love one another love one another, love one another. This is major. No other one another is repeated 47 times. They all tell us what love looks like. They all tell us what love does. And some of them say, do this thing in love. But we have just the blunt, just the plain old bear, love one another, one-third of those 47 times. So as we work our way back into the building and maybe there are different views about coronavirus and maybe there are different views about politics and things in the nation, One thing we got to make sure we do, because our Savior tells us to do this, is love one another. And by this, the world is to look in and say, how on earth do people like them, with all their different views and all their different positions, how do they have so much love for one another? And they're to look and believe that the Father sent the Son. So that's the first category of one another's we looked at. Here's the second one, I'll put it up. Some of the one another's, are about how we get along with one another. About a third of them, how we get along with one another. So that's a big batch of one another's that focus on how we get along, how we treat each other, how we deal with each other, how we stay unified with each other. And I began looking at these last week, started in Romans 15. We'll go there in a minute. First, let me just say, um, why would there be so many one another's why would there be so many commands about how to get along with one another in the New Testament? Well, you all know the answer, because we don't do too good at getting along with one another, do we? Fallen humans don't get along too well all the time. We see that the moment, the moment our first parents sinned. What happened? Adam starts blaming his wife. Well, the woman you gave me, he's not treating her right. The next big event that happens after they're booted out of the Garden of Eden is they have a son, then they have another son, and then what happens? Oldest son kills the younger son, fratricide, kills him. What does this tell us about the human race? Oh, you guys fell. You all turn against me, you all sinned, here's the results of that. You don't treat each other very good. But in the new covenant, Christ is giving us new hearts, he's regenerating us, he has regenerated us, those of you who believe on him. And one of the things he's focusing on is creating a new humanity a new nation, a holy people for his own possession, a people to proclaim and make known his praise, a people who are to be a little mini foretaste of glory in heaven. Behold how they love one another, behold how they get along. We are supposed to be learning how to get along, how to treat each other right. We are supposed to be learning how to get along, and this affects you in friendships out there, this affects you in your family. We ought to do family better than we used to do it before Christ. We ought to do family better than they do it because we're learning how to get along, how to treat each other, and it ought to really uh, affect us in the church. So I'm going to back up get a running start. We just had a couple minutes at the end of last week's sermon to start off in Romans 15. Let's go there. Paul says, here's, here's the first one another we looked at that is relational. That's about how we get along. Therefore. Now you've heard it said, whenever there's a therefore, you have to ask the question what's the therefore, therefore? And the subject he's dealing with in Romans chapter 15 is some differences in the church in Rome and some ways that way they were not getting along. They had disagreements over things that Scripture does not regulate, but they they had different opinions and different views on them. We can't have different opinions where Scripture regulates something. You can't have a different view on, was Jesus Christ God in the flesh? No, Scripture's pretty plain about that. So where Scripture speaks, we believe and bow. But there are a lot of things Scripture doesn't speak about, like, is it better to drive a red F-150? Or, any color you want, Dodge Ram. (laughs) Well, when it comes to things like that, here's what we're supposed to do. Things that are called by theologians, the adiaphora, the things that are unspoken. They're not spoken about in the Bible. Therefore, when you come together with all your differences over all that stuff, here's what I want you to do. He says, welcome. 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 Throw your arms open, throw your heart open, throw your affections open, welcome one another. There's a standard for it. Like, how much do I have to welcome people with whom I really differ over politics or whatever? Here's how much. As Christ has welcomed you, how has he welcomed you? You are a sinner, unworthy of the least of his mercies, And you turned and begged for pardon, and he welcomed you. And that's the standard. As Christ has welcomed you, and here's an end for it all. Here's a goal. Here's a reason to do it. And for the glory of God. Why am I going to welcome that person with whom I differ? For the glory of God, I'm going to do it so that others in the world can look in and say, wow, it looks like maybe the Father really did send the Son because look at these people. Behold how they love one another. So th- as we come back into our building and have whatever differences we have, let's make sure we welcome one another. I think, I think you're doing pretty good at that. I think there was a lot of welcoming going on in here this morning, wasn't there? Some really, really glad greetings, and uh, we're thankful for that. Welcome one another. Receive one another. Here's the next verse. It's also in Romans, but it's uh, just a few verses earlier. Romans 15, verses 5 and 6. And it reads May, that's like a prayer wish on the part of the Apostle Paul, may the God of endurance and encouragement, like to pause on that, don't want to take the time to. What a great description of God! He's the God of endurance and he's the God of encouragement got to pass those may he grant you that means here's a gift that he will give you may he grant you he does this in you he works this in new covenant believers with regenerated hearts and the spirit of God dwelling in them and their hearts are soft and penetrable to the word of God may he grant you we peaked at this last week too to live, we're doing life together in the providence of God, seven billion people on the planet, and guess what? We have met each other. He has us in the same, same time and place. He has determined the boundaries of our habitations. It's no accident in the plan of God that you and I are in the same church together, and we're doing life together and following Christ together. I think that is so cool. So uh, may He grant you to live, that's what we're doing, in such harmony, such harmony in such harmony with one another well what's the standard for this in accord with christ jesus that and he just loved to heap up terms doesn't he that you may with one voice what you're saying is what i'm saying yeah but we don't agree on politics so here's what we're both saying with one voice that's not going to matter because we agree on christ amen amen, with one voice, that you would all together with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such harmony in accord with Christ that together you may glorify God. Such harmony. Live in such harmony. How is, how is our world, how are we doing that with that on a global scale? Uh, historians have said I'm not making this up historians I'm not one historians have said that the history of the planet is the history of its wars and that peace is that brief time between wars when humanity is preparing for the next one we're not doing too good with living in harmony how is our nation doing right now living in harmony (laughs) are you kidding me It's unbelievable, we're so divided on so many things, so deeply divided, there's so much division. Actually, maybe not as much as the media wants you to believe, now I'm getting into political views, so, excuse me. We, (laughs) it's my brother Laban, love you, we are supposed to show the world how it's done. And we can come in here and have one voice, and one heart, and one soul, and one mind, and we're glorifying God together. This is what, this is not optional for you if you're a Christian. This is what your Savior tells you to do. This is how he wants you to treat and relate to other believers. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Let's move on. More verses on how we treat each other, how we get along with one another. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind, be kind to one another. I looked up a definition of kind, and here's the definition I got. Of a good or benevolent nature or disposition as a person. So you're to be kind. That means you have a good nature toward people. You have a benevolent nature toward people. You have a good disposition toward people. You're being kind. Be kind to one another. So as we come back into the building, just be kind. Make kindness abound. You're being good to each other. You're being benevolent to each other. Be kind. And then, tender hearted. Oh, that's so important in all human relationships. The Bible doesn't use this term, but this term is what it's describing right there. That is empathy. Vastly, hugely important in a marriage, vastly important in all relationships huge in the church of Jesus Christ, sympathy and empathy. Tender-hearted means my heart is not hard to your feelings, to your views, to where you're coming from, but it's soft. I have a tender, I have a soft heart. I can feel you. Don't you like that phrase? They use it now, you know, I feel you, bro, I feel you. That's a good biblical phrase. That means you're tender-hearted. You're not all stony on the inside. So we're to feel one another's pains. We're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I feel you. And then what, what goes on? Uh, tenderhearted, forgiving. <laughs> forgiving one another. Forgiving. What's the implication of that? When do you forgive somebody? When they have harmed you, when they have sinned against you. When do they forgive you? When you messed up did something wrong, you have to go and say, hey, bro, I'm so sorry, I don't know what I was thinking, I don't know why I said it that way, I'm really sorry, please, can you forgive me? I like you, I love you, I want to be your friend, and he says, "Uh, has Christ forgiven you? Yeah, well, then so do I. Forgive one another. Yeah, but how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody who sins against me? Remember that one? Up to 70 times seven. I'm not quick at math. What's the math? Somebody tell me. Thank you. All right. So you forgive and forgive and forgive. It's a ridiculous number. Like, you would never have to forgive somebody that many times. It just means there is no limit. There's no end. You forgive and forgive. Now, you might grow wise and realize, but I'm not going near that again. <laughs> but but you forgive. So, this must characterize the life of the body of Christ, gathered and doing life together. We're to have kindness and tender hearts and forgive each other and there's the standard as God in Christ forgave you now I want to ask you a question about that standard have you ever had to forgive anybody as much as God in Christ has forgiven you yeah there's no there's no comparison whatsoever is there So, however good you are at a forgiver, you're not forgiven at the level of God. So, lots of forgiveness, lots of kindness, lots of tender-hearted, empathetic love in this place as we come back together. Let's move on to Colossians 3.12. There's more about how we get along with each other. Colossians 3.12. Put on, then. All right, so you have on a shirt or a blouse or a dress, and you put it on you're clothing yourself with, this could be translated. So when somebody gets near you, this is what they see, this is what they experience, you're clothed in it, you're wearing it, it's all over you. As God's chosen ones, he called you to Christ from eternity past, holy ones and beloved ones, put on, now here's what you put on, compassionate hearts. See, in the last one, it was tender-hearted. In this one, it's compassionate hearts. Same thing. We should have compassion. I understand why you would see it that way because now I've listened and I know where you're coming from. Compassion. I understand why you're feeling beat down. I haven't been through what you've been through. I can see why you're feeling what you're feeling. Compassion, tender hearts. Put on, wear it all over you because it's needed in human relationships. Compassionate hearts, kindness, that's a repeat. Humility, we'll come back to that one in a later section. Humility, humility means I don't matter, you matter to me. Humility means my life is not about me, it means my life is about y'all. Put on humility meekness, the meekness of Christ, and patience. Now, here's the one another. Bearing with one another. So as you come back to the building, guess what you have to get ready for? You have to get ready to put up with people. I wonder if there's anybody that comes to your mind right now and you already know that when you and they are here and you brush against each other, can you think of a name? Can you picture a face? And like, I have to bear with that one. Maybe the conversation's always very lop, lopsided. Once It's all about them. You ask them questions and they're happy to answer them at length and they never respond with asking you the same question. Maybe it's uh, that they're kind of gruff or maybe they're grumpy or maybe they're moody or whatever it is. And what are you supposed to do? Bear with them. Just absorb it. Peter tells you, to, tells you that love covers a multitude of sins. So you just take a blanket of love and throw it over and cover and bear with it. You absorb it for the sake of the relationship. Any good relationship, both of them have to be good absorbers, right? How long you two been married? Years. You just had to have us beat, didn't you? And how many grandchildren? 21. 21. You really have us beat. You want me to name them? No. <laughs> No. Now he's going to start telling stories. It's going to be all one-sided. He won't only ask me about my grandchildren. (laughs) All right. How did I get into that? How long have you guys been married? You have to absorb things, don't you? You have to throw a blanket of love. You have to say, well, that's the way he is. He's never going to change. We all know that too, Denise. And uh, (laughs) you're just going to have to put up with him. It's all right. How relationships work with fallen people on a fallen planet bearing with one another they have different politics than you do bearing hmm. different views about coronavirus bearing drives a dodge truck bearing all right let's move on to the next verse there's more about our relationships in these one another's philippians 2 3 do say the next word with me do nothing good job not one thing that you ever do should be done from selfish ambition how you doing with that Selfish ambition is like the epitome of the character of the devil. So is conceit, the next word. Selfish ambition and conceit kind of quantify what he did when he fell. Remember, it's in Isaiah where uh, he is, Lucifer is quoted as saying, hey, there are five I wills, I will, that's conceit, I will. He's saying these to God, I will, I will. And his last one is, I will be like God. And there's some of that in every fallen human being, and it's powerful. It's powerful. Do your kids come into the world selfless or selfish? Actually, our fourth son, each one came out of the womb somebody different, and the fourth son basically came out of the womb saying, I love you, I want to make you happy, I want to please you, what can I do? It's amazing. And now, Jen, his wife, gets to be married to that. They should have paid us a lot of camels for the dowry or something. It's a pretty good gig getting that boy, Matthew. Bearing with one another, no, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Now, who's the model in the Bible for humility? Yeah, so you have have the devil is one side of that, and Jesus Christ, our Savior, is the other side of that, and he's saying, don't you be like the devil, want you to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, so that's the disposition of your heart that you need to bring into your relationships. Not selfish ambition, I, 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 me, 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 me. Not conceit, but in humility. Now, here's the one another, do this. Count others, and that's actually the Greek word in one another. More significant than yourselves. How you do it at that one? How you doing at that one? Everybody's wincing. <laughs> Count others as more significant than myself? Myself? This is myself. Count them? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. This is a relational one another. This is a how we get along with one another. Their good, their blessing, their peace, their joy, their well-being is more important than mine. I count them as more significant than me. Do not allow yourself to do the converse, which is to say, for example, I make a lot more money than he does. I must be way more important than him. I drive a way cooler car than he does. I must be way more important than him. We live in a way better house than they do. We must be somebody, and they're not quite somebody. I have a way better job than they do, etc., etc. I got a trophy wife that, like, there's no other trophy wife like my trophy wife. I win, and you are second class, and uh, my wife is way better than any other. No, 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 no. count others more significant than yourselves. That's radical. That radically cuts against fallen, sinful human nature. But it's not optional. This is what our Savior calls us to do. So let's have a lot of that as we get back together again. Don't come to church on Sunday, me, 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 me come to church on Sunday. Lord, who can I serve? Who can I minister to? Who can I care for? Who needs me to reach out to them with a big, warm, tender heart and embrace them today? Lots of that as we come back to church. All right. Now, here's a little interesting category, a little subcategory of four of the one another's that are relational And they're all about kissing. They're all about kissing. Let's put it up there. The Apostle Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 16, 2 Corinthians 13, Romans 16, these same exact words at each place, greet one another with a holy kiss. Kiss. He does this in another place where he does not use the one another, and that's um, 1 Thessalonians 5.26, thank you, which reads, greet all the brothers, not one another, with a holy kiss. And Peter chimes in, 1 Peter 5.14, greet one another with a kiss of love. So five times, four of them have one another in it, five times the Bible tells New Testament believers kiss each other. Kiss each other. Kiss each other. Now, what's the point of a kiss? What does a kiss indicate? What does a kiss do? A kiss indicates affection and love. Before I left home this morning, and my wife's home with her mama, 88, lives with us, uh, not a good idea to have her over here, and Debbie needs to stay there with her because somebody needs to be with her all the time. So that's why Debbie's not back at church yet. It's not that we're feuding, <laughs> not that she's failing to be sympathetic toward me. But uh, before I left the house, she and her mama were sitting at the table there having breakfast. It takes a while to have breakfast with mama. Uh, it's slow. It's slow. And I went over there and I kind of played with her hair a little bit. She's sitting on behind her, messed with her hair a little bit, kind of pulled her head sideways and gave her a kiss. And she turned, she wanted a bigger one. She turned around and gave me lips, and we had a nice lips kiss. And then she said, I love you, babe. And I told her, love you, baby. See you a little later. Now, what was the kiss part about? That was a way of both expressing affection and love, and it was a way of engendering affection. When you kiss them, like, your affection is growing at that moment. Like, I walked out to the truck, like, I'm loved, you know? Hmm. It was pretty good. That's what a kiss does. So, the Apostle Paul and Peter, together, five times, tell members of the body of Christ to kiss one another. That is to say, your love should be so real, so heartfelt, that you can't help but express it Physically. Now I'll tell you, and hi, mom and dad. I was at their house yesterday, and uh, they were joking with me that I ought to say hi to them once on the broadcast, because they watch all these, these videos. So, hi, mom, you're the greatest. Hi, dad, you're okay. No, you're great too. So now I totally forget where I was going. Oh yeah, alternative to kissing. So I was not raised with the physical affection thing. On my mom's part, yes, but not with a man. My dad's British. And that's just not how it was done. We weren't raised, I wasn't raised hugging. It was like a handshake from distance. Um, I wasn't raised with kissing. From mama, yeah, but from, from father, no. And after I became a believer, it literally took me a lot of years to realize there's something I can work on. Maybe it's okay to hug sometimes. Try it. That yeah, was all right. And now I'm a 100% USDA, dyed in the wool hugger. Even kiss her. Daughters in law, they get my kisses on their cheek. Granddaughters, they get my kisses. You say, okay, so there's to be this physical expression to our love that we have for one another. Well, what about, what about in our culture, guys don't kiss? They do in Italy. You've been to Italy, you're gonna get kissed. You're a guy, you're gonna get kissed. But not in the United States. We don't, men, we don't kiss for the most part. And and what about with coronavirus, right? Like what a bad time to be listing five verses that say kiss each other, kiss each other, kiss each other. How are we supposed to do that? Well, I thought about this and came up with some alternatives to kissing for you. So here they are, alternatives to kissing. One, you can have a handshake. But come on, none of those lame handshakes. Make it hearty, all right? Okay, handshakes. Or you can do a full hug. But in certain circumstances, you might want to leave a little room for the Holy Ghost in there, okay? Some of you all sisters in Christ, we haven't seen each other for a while, and then we see each other last week or this week, and I've gotten some mighty big full hugs, and there wasn't much room for the Holy Spirit in there, but it was okay. It was okay. And then there's the side hug. Now listen, i I got to tell you, our church constitution has a clause prohibiting the lame, evangelical, fundamentalist side hug. (laughs) Amen? That is so lame. It's it's like fundamentalist stuff. And by the way, you heard John MacArthur's definition of a fundamentalist. He said, there's no fun, too much damn, and not enough mental. (laughs) That's like the fundamentalist. That's too much room for the Holy Spirit, all right? And then let's go on. Uh, A hand on the shoulder. Meh. That looks disciplinarian to me. You know, that's not so cool. How about a pat on the back while you hug? That's good. That's a real good greeting. Man to man. Love you, brother. Why isn't it one? Because that's just not enough. Why isn't it four? That's getting to be too many. Three is like the Goldilocks number. Do you agree? don't y'all, you, you pat three times, right? Maybe it means I love you. I don't know. And then if you don't like that one, how about a manly, fun fist bump? I like those. Shane, come out here right now. Come on. Give me a fist bump, bro. Right here. Oh yeah. Oh, it's good. So those are some alternatives to kissing for our era. All right. We're going to stay on the relational one another's a little longer but hold on let me let me summarize that little kissing section so as we come back together oh i'm out of time anyway as we come back together let there be all kinds of expressions of real heartfelt brotherly love even physical expressions of heartfelt brotherly love may it just increase and abound so that post-COVID, we're even a more crazy bunch of loving each other people than we were pre-COVID. Does that sound good? That's the church I want to come back to. Amen to that, bro. Amen. Oh, man. Yeah, that's what you say, but I know the people at home can just turn it off. Pause and go to the bathroom, come back. Restart it. Let me make a decision here. Hang on a second. Do I want to go into that one more? Yeah, it's pretty short. It's, I'm going to. All right. We're going to stay on the relational one anothers for just one more point of this, and then there'll be some more next week, Lord Willing. There are So I told you there are a bunch of negative one another's. Most of them are positive. Do this to one another. Some of them are negative. Don't do that to others. Don't treat each other that way. So here's the first of the negative one another's, Romans 14. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. What's the any longer? They've been doing it. They've been passing judgment on each other on things that the Bible doesn't make clear. Is it better to drive a Ford or a, or a, or a Ram? Bible doesn't tell us. Don't judge one another. What they had was there were differences over foods. Which foods is it okay for a new covenant believer to eat? Days, which days are the proper days? Some people thought Saturday had to be the Sabbath. You need to have a Sabbath. And others said, no, Sunday's a new Sabbath. And others said, Sunday's not a new Sabbath, but it's a new worship day. There were different views. And Paul said, you know, the word of God does not define those things, so you must not judge one another. Judging is saying, you're wrong, brother. You're in sin. God is not happy with you. And the Bible forbids Christians don't act that way. Now, in the world right now, a whole lot of people are judging one another. We don't do that. It's not our thing. It's forbidden by our Savior. And don't you catch that disease from the world. Let us not pass judgment on one another in oh any longer. Maybe that also means that any longer means surely if you're old enough to hear these words and understand them, you've done some passing judgment. <laughs> but from here on out in your life, you're not supposed to do that. So that's the first negative of the one and others. So the first group of one another love each other. The second group, get along with each other. There's two more groups you're gonna look at, Lord willing, next week. Some of you are not Christians. Some of you in this room and some of you watching from home are not yet believers. And I hope that you've listened to this and I hope it, it tantalized you. I hope it made you salivate a little bit. That thing they're talking about about how by the grace and power of God, believers can get get together. I I, I wanna get in on that. I'd like to be part of that community. I'd like to be part of that group. How do I get in on that? Well, you just come. (laughs) But more than that, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You turn your heart to him. You give your soul to him. You cry out to him for forgiveness, for rejecting him and being your own God like the devil. And you say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me my transgressions. Make me a new creature in Christ. And he does. And then he begins working all of these things we've been talking about in your heart and in the hearts of the other people around you. Now, don't come back and think, if I go to a church based on this, I'm going to find a wonderful group of people. Well, we're all in different stages. But come get in on the stages and the process with us. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now. Words don't matter, your heart matters, but this is something you might wanna pray. These words might work for you. Um, If you wanna call on the name of the Lord Jesus and become a believer. Would you all bow with me, please? And we're gonna pray together. Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you've given us scripture to guide us and instruct us in your ways. And today, having looked at how we're to love one another and how we're to treat each other and get along with each other, we're looking up to you and praying, help us. This church, Cornerstone, every person associated with it, help us to grow, to major in, to go crazy with loving each other and getting along with each other. And Lord, there are people with us today who are not yet believers. Oh, would you call them to yourself by your word and by your power, by the Holy Spirit, would you pour him out upon them, the spirit of redemption, the spirit of grace, and may they turn to him now and say, Lord Jesus, I'm calling upon you. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my God. Please forgive me my sins. Make me a new creature in Christ. And help me to grow in love. And if you prayed that prayer and you're at home, would you just uh, go out a full screen and look down below the the video and there's in the video description, there's a digital connect card. Would you use that card, reach out to us, give us the opportunity to get in touch with you and inform you of some ways you can get growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You in the room, there's a connect card in front of you. It's not digital, it's paper, cardboard, whatever it is. But there it is. All right, Pastor Stan, you're going to come lead us in communion, aren't you?